Hello and welcome to The Green Stream, a podcast brought to you by Sustainable Business Network Detroit, a network of partnerships between Southeast Michigan stakeholders, innovators, and changemakers. Each partner is on a mission to advance and amplify sustainable business practices, and we're here to learn from, share, and help activate a sustainable way forward for Greater Detroit. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And head over to our website, sbn-detroit.org. Now, let's listen in to our conversation with today's sustainability leaders. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on The Green Stream. I am so excited about today's guest because I've been able to spend time with her before, but not lately. And as usual, she's up to a million new things. And so I'm really eager to hear about all of that. But our guest today is Liesl Clark, and she is the University of Michigan's School of Environment and Sustainability's first director of climate action engagement. So I know we're going to have a really exciting conversation today. But for our listeners who, um, you know, Liesl has been doing this work for a while and she has such depth of experience and skills and such um you know her background her professional career which continues at top speed but um seems like it's always been at top speed you have such an interesting background and so lisa would you mind um starting out by just sharing us uh, sharing a little bit with us about your path to your current role at University of Michigan and what you've done before? Yeah, I'm happy to, Terry, and thank you so much for that uh, glowing introduction. Since you also have the video version of the podcast, people can see I'm just blushing. Um, but I'm so happy to be joining you here today uh, on the green stream. I think that uh, this is such a nice way to elevate uh, important sustainability collaborations and conversations that are happening both in Southeast Michigan and across the state. So I'm grateful for the chance to add to the conversation. Um, so my background is 50% uh, public sector and 50% private sector. Uh, so academia is all new to me. I am a whole just a few months in um, and really getting my feet under me and uh, learning a lot about the academic world. Before I came to the university, um, my career, uh, I spent a, a decent amount of time um, in state government. Uh, so a couple of different roles um, with the uh, Grand Home Administration. Um, the last I, I served as the uh, just for some examples, I served as the legislative liaison for the Department of Agriculture. And then my last role uh, uh, there was a deputy director at the Department of Energy, Labor and Economic Growth, um, which has now evolved uh, into a different uh, uh, different way that state government is organized. Um, then I uh, have also spent time in the private sector um, where I've been an entrepreneur. So spent some time um, at Accenture, one of the big consulting firms, um, which was a really good uh, foundation for me to start my own company, uh, a sustainability and clean energy uh, public policy company called Five Lakes Energy. I co-founded Five Lakes Energy with Skip Press, uh, and he and I have both unfortunately abandoned our partners um, so we uh, were uh, co-partnering with uh, Jamie Scripps, who's also since left, um, and then Douglas Chester, who's running the shop today, and I couldn't be prouder of the work that that group is doing. 
I left Five Lakes Energy, uh, bought out of the consultancy because um, I went to join the Whitmer team. Uh, so I served first as the policy director for the transition team. And then um, I was fortunate uh, to um, be the first director of the Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, which was the reorganization of the Department of Environmental Quality. Uh, so I very much enjoyed my time at Eagle, um, served for the uh, administration's first term. Um, and, you know, super proud of a few things in particular, and I'll just mention three of them. Um, the first is uh, the work that we as a team did uh, to um, elevate uh, the role of environmental regulation in concert with economic development, because it's so critical. We as Michiganders just deeply understand that. And most importantly, doing that through committing to the public servants um, that work on behalf of all of us as taxpayers. Um, so I'm really proud of that work. I'm also very proud of the elevation of environmental justice, the Office of the Environmental Justice Public Advocate, and the creation of the Office of Climate and Energy. Um, so those are non-regulatory roles uh, that didn't exist in that regulatory agency before. Um, and that is an organizational conversation. Like what does a non-regulatory effort look like compared to a regulatory effort? Um, and of course, in the Office of Climate and Energy, um, I was really proud of leading the Council on Climate Solutions, which led to the creation of the My Healthy Climate Plan. So a lot of foundation pieces that um, have just um, really gone gangbusters in the last uh, few months here in Michigan, um, but I'm proud to, proud to have played a small role in them early on. Well, you know, my, my day job is CEO of Inform, which is the state's largest uh, business women's organization. And so I always love hearing uh, the stories of powerful careers like yours. You know, you're a role model for so many and a source of inspiration, um, you know, and showing uh, what leadership looks like over a variety of um paths. And I think that's the important thing, you know, careers um, uh, often wander in interesting ways, right? And each experience builds on the last one. Uh, so thank you for sharing a little bit of what you've done. I, there's so much more that you're not saying, but um, maybe some of that will come out as we talk. <laughs> so um Lisa, how do you see the sustainability initiative that you're leading as helping to transform the impact that higher education can have in this arena? Yeah, I, so I was really excited when I started having some conversations with the dean here at the School for Environment and Sustainability, and that's Jonathan Overpeck. He goes by Peck. Um, which I think is wonderful, lovely, informal, informal way to um, have a relationship. So um, Pat and I had started talking a bit about um, what the university wanted to do to really accelerate um, the university's role as a partner to society as part of our decarbonization efforts. And those are a lot of big words, but I think that what they do um, uh, hold at the core is um, wanting to support the people of the state of Michigan, as well as the US and the, and the globe, um, as we tackle some of these really tough problems um, by bringing the resources of the university to bear. And I think it's also an acknowledgement that we could do better, um, that that's not something that uh, the university has fully figured out, which I have a lot of respect when uh, for entities that say, hey, 
I know we're trying, but we need to do more here. We can do better here. Um, and so I was really interested in playing a role in that. Um, I think that, you know, there are a lot of pieces that come together when we talk about uh, sustainability work, uh, climate work, uh, clean technology, uh, clean deployment. Um, and so I think that as we, we kind of put all of those different pieces together, there's a lot of threads there that um, Michigan, broadly Southeast Michigan in particular, has some real natural strengths. And so the idea of the university um, acting as a closer partner, um, taking you know, research and analysis work that's happening at the university, more quickly translating it into um, uh, action, frankly. Um, Pack will say, it's not just about publishing another paper, it's about how do we take um, that actual, the, the actual content of that and turn it into um, results uh, for society. And that might be research results, you know, that could be um, working with a community group on, you know, we've got the um, Detroit uh, Center for Sustainability, the Clinic for Sustainability that's been doing a lot of work hand in hand um, with community um, leaders who are wanting to see the strength and support of students and the excitement of students that can be, you know, taking um, a, a piece of technology that's been developed through research and turning it into um, you know, through tech transfer into something that can be manufactured, deployed, um, you know, that could look in a lot of different ways. But how do we as a university um, accelerate um, that connection to society and make sure that um, we're just um, enhancing that focus of service from the university perspective as well? You know, it uh, the Sustainable Business Network of Detroit was very fortunate to host President Ono at uh, one of our major events and gatherings, and um, he was speaking in such a compelling way about the special position that University of Michigan has sitting here at the center of the Great Lakes, and, and with some of our major industries in Michigan, uh, being going undergoing their own transformations. Before we went live, uh, for example, you and I were just talking about how rapidly uh, the adoption of uh, EVs, uh, you know, it's accelerating. We saw that um, so far we've sold over a million uh, in North America during this calendar year, and um, the rate of a rate of sales or rate of adoption was up 50%, which is really pretty encouraging, especially because the research is showing that EV adoption is related to reduced oil consumption and, um, you know, which, you know, we all know about the climate connections there. So what, what, you know, you've, you've laid out all of those streams of work and ways that the university can connect. Um, what do you think that an even bigger vision will emerge? You know, how do you see this developing at the university over time? Yeah, well, I was fortunate to be able to participate in the session that you all held uh, with President Ono, and it was pretty powerful. Um, I was struck in particular by uh, the way uh, the president continues to talk about 
um, the urgency around uh, climate work that we need to do, um, as well as the need for collaboration um, and partnerships in order to strengthen what we do. I think that um, as a native Michigander, uh, I just spent some time out in New York with one of the tech hubs that they have developed out there. And what I saw was a lot of opportunity for us uh, to do more of raising each other up um, and talking up what our strengths are and what collaboration opportunities um, we've got. Because when you compare us to what I was looking at, um, you know, we're winners like in every category. And sometimes I think we don't uh, kind of promote that as much as we could and promote each other as much as we could. So I'm a big fan of collaboration and partnerships, um, which is something that we heard uh, from the president. We also heard, you know, in his prior roles, his commitment to, um, you know, work around decarbonization and climate efforts. And I want to take a quick second and talk about when, we, when, we, when I talk about climate, you know, what are the pieces that I'm talking about? And so I put them into five buckets and Terry, you know, you are um, so articulate on the mobility side, which is a really important plank. So it's it's mobility, uh, it's greening the grid, it's energy efficient efficiency and the built environment, it's uh, natural and working lands, agricultural lands, what's happening there. And then uh, it's industrial innovation. So how do we get to those really uh, tough challenges that remain for us in a manufacturing state? Um, because we, we use a lot of power and there are processes where it's not just uh, changing it to renewable energy or other types of energy sources. Like there's literally you know, CO2 that comes out of carbon, uh, cement curing, for example. Um, now, those are tough problems. Um, but I got to say, sitting on a university campus, and I should mention that I am a Spartan, so I have a lot of uh, <laughs> faith in our friends down the road at MSU, coupled with, you know, certainly Wayne State University, you know, and when we talk about our research institutions, we have so much innovation that exists here in Michigan. You know, I would bet on us every day to come up with solutions on the industrial side. So when you talk about climate, I think about it in all of those different planks, so to speak. Um, but I was very impressed with um, what the president laid out there. And, you know, when you look at what, just to be um, parochial to the University of Michigan for a second, when you look at the steps that have already been taken, you certainly, the president's commitment to it, the hiring of the new associate vice president for sustainability, Shauna Weber, she's phenomenal. She comes to us from Princeton. She was there for 17 years, did uh, huge amounts of uh, work on the Princeton campus, um, which is her world. So, you know, not only um, driving down um, uh, energy use, um, using innovative ways uh, to improve that campus body itself, but then also deploying living laboratories and partnering um, really with students uh, to advance uh, what was happening there. You know, we're really fortunate to have her here. Um, there's also a search effort underway for a new associate, or sorry, vice provost um, to do uh, more in that area as well. Um, and then, you know, you see the president's uh, commitment to this, as well as others on that executive team here at the university and certainly the region. So there's a lot of stars that are aligning uh, in order to uh, really position the University of Michigan um, to, to have a big impact. And I think um, one of the pieces that will help complement this, you know, I already mentioned the Detroit Clinic, but I also want to mention the University of Michigan Center for Innovation that will be breaking ground soon. 
um, in Detroit. And so that's going to be another uh, big opportunity. Um, and I think we heard um, the president say at the homecoming events not too long ago in Detroit um, that the University of Michigan should be the university for Michigan as opposed to the University of Michigan. And I thought that was a really great way to frame it uh, for me. I thought it was really resonant. So I think there's a lot of things coming together. Um, but what is important is that as the university does this work, and this is why my role is engagement, is that it happened hand in glove with community partners, with industry partners, business partners, with NGO partners, with state and local government, because there are so many wonderful resources and efforts already happening in the state. We got to figure out a way to fill in the white space, not create overlap. <laughs> wow, you said that really well. <laughs> and, and it, you know, you're so right. Um, listening to President Ono, his commitment to partnering is always front and center, I think, whenever he has a chance to speak. And that that's really refreshing. Um, can we talk just a little bit about metrics, um, just maybe at a high level? How are we going to, how are you going to know? How is the university going to know that it's, it's meeting targets or making a difference? You know, um, how, how can we measure, you know, what are some of the things we need to think about as we look at measuring impact? Yeah. So again, I go back to these planks because it helps me organize my brain. It doesn't certainly represent everything. So for example, we need the circular economy and food cycles to be part of that. But if you take the planks, um, so from a mobility perspective, you know, we're deploying um, electric vehicles. And I should also say it's alternatively fueled here because electricity is not always going to be the answer uh, for medium to heavy duty. We're going to need hydrogen. We've hydrogen. got, um, you know, Michigan's well positioned to be part of one of the DOE hydrogen hub efforts. And that's something that the state has been involved with the University of Michigan that has been involved with uh, Center for Sustainable Systems and the College of Engineering. So it is going to take different types of innovation. And then if you drill that down to your question from a university perspective, the university is deploying um, uh, electric buses um, and that fleet I've got a little bit delayed uh, due to production um, challenges. But I think that that's something that everybody's facing, industry is facing, um, certainly local units of government as they're doing deployment. So, you know, I think it's I think it's OK for us all to be kind of working through what are some of these issues to deployment together so that the, the university's got electric school buses. And then I was just saying um, to Shauna Weber, the associate vice, the new vice president for sustainability, um, that I saw an F-150 Lightning badged with university facilities uh, uh, labels just the other day. So I'm like, oh, that's really exciting. We've got Lightnings on campus. And again, not the solution for everything, but an important part of the solution for a component of our mobility work. Um, so then you take buildings, for example, um, obviously the university is building. I think anyone who's driven through Ann Arbor or uh, Flint or Dearborn campuses lately will see that. Um, and so making sure that that is being done uh, in a way that really highlights um, uh, kind of the forward thinking work of the university and um, certainly the Taubman folks at the School of Architecture, College of Engineering folks, um, have some just incredibly, you know, important knowledge about how to do that in the right, best possible way. And we'll certainly see that with the UMCI facility in Detroit. Um, and you got to be thinking too, as we're building, you know, we've got to be decreasing that carbon content, 
while we're also building. And so there's a lot of innovation that's necessary there. And I'm bullish on, you know, the type of research capacity that we've got in order to make that happen. You know, energy efficiency in the built environment ties into that. I'm in a building in particular that's done a lot around taking a his an historical building and tightening that envelope down. And I think we all know that Michigan was one of the early industrialized states. So if we step away from a college campus for a second, we have a lot of residential building stock that we need to be doing retrofitting on. And, you know, I live in a 110-year-old house. And so the first step is envelope wiring, you know, roofing. You've got a lot to do, windows, before you can even get to, you know, am I charged for, am I um, wired for solar panels, EV charging, et cetera. Um, and we've got to get a replicable, replicable model that we can do for so many um, homes in the state of Michigan in order to get to our decarbonization goals for the state. Um, and so that's something that I think the university's got a lot of skill sets on. I was just learning from some folks over at the Talbot School of Architecture about low carbon design work that they've been looking at. Um, so, you know, the university, again, like the state is ticking through, you know, all of those buckets. How are we do, doing land use? How are we making sure that that, um, you know, the university's got a lot of property um, that is, um, can be used for carbon sinks. So not thinking about it from a campus perspective, but thinking about it from a off-campus perspective, um, which is where it's more likely to be. Um, so again, I tick through all of those different um, buckets in order to think through, are we meeting our goals? Are we on target for our goals? Um, fortunately, uh, U of M has the PCCN, the President's Council on Carbon Neutrality, um, that met uh, over the last few years um, under, uh, I think it was, I think it was, most of it was under President Schlissel and then, you know, kind of through that transition. Um, but that creates a nice uh, foundation uh, for the work that the university has yet to do. Um, I also think that it's wonderful to have that student engagement and student advocacy in order to make sure that they're holding our feet to the fire and that the process is moving forward in the way that it really needs to. Um, one of the big pieces for all of this, as I think about it from a university perspective, as well as a state perspective, um, is the workforce component. So certainly it's what are we churning out from an undergraduate and graduate perspective, but also how are we partnering with our fabulous community colleges? How are we partnering with our other institutes of higher education? How are we partnering um, with unions and other, others that are doing trade, uh, trade skilling? Um, because we need the full range of workforce to do the work that we have to do. Um, if you take a look at, for example, the HVAC uh, work that's happening at our community colleges, how are we at the University of Michigan supporting um, that type of training that's happening um, so that, you know, we're uh, better juicing the industry with the type of workers that we need in order to get this done. Because we just, we've got, we got a lot of needs for training and a lot of needs for people, which is exciting. This is a, this is a great opportunity, not only from, you know, the industry side and, you know, where everything is going from the university perspective, but then also, you know, from a worker perspective, from a workforce perspective, we got a lot of needs. And so I think it's fun to bring all those pieces together under that university umbrella to really try to figure out how do we how do we get to the future we want to build. You think we're going to end up with Michigan and uh, all of the tentacles that you were describing being the model in the country? Well, that's 
surely the hope. <laughs> I think there's a huge opportunity here, right? And so the question is, you know, how do how do we seize the day and do we seize the day in a way um, that uh, really puts Michigan in the driver's seat? You know, I, I have always said that there's a lot of things you can do on the coast, but until you do it in the heartland, um, you know, I don't see it as replicable for the entire country. And, you know, I've been looking recently at um, efforts by universities across the U.S. as well as across the globe. And I think the same thing is true there. So, you know, I'm, I'm bullish on the state of Michigan and I'm bullish on the work that we're doing at the university as well. So, Liesl, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, because I know this is a particular passion of yours, is... Um, environmental justice. And, you know, you had mentioned briefly about some of your work in the past on that. You know, how will your current work at the university connect with that important area? So I am was really excited about the School for Environment Sustainability for a few reasons. Um, the first is the interdisciplinary approach to sustainability work, because I don't think that you can put any of this work into a silo. It's all work that's gotta be collaborative and it's, it has um, important threads in so many different places. One of the other things that I was really excited about um, at SEAS is the Tishman Center for Environmental Justice, which was just created a few years ago. Um, and uh, I think some folks might know that the University of Michigan was actually um, the first university in the country to hold an environmental justice summit back in the 80s. Um, so very early work from the university thinking about um, justice issues as it ties to um, uh, the work that we we know of in the environmental sector, as well as you know overlapping with economic development, because all of these pieces really fit together. So I think there's some really important thinking that's happening here at the Tishman Center. And importantly, it's very community focused. And I just am so impressed with the, the faculty and the staff that do that work here at Tishman. And I think that it's uh, been influential in the university sphere as well. Um, so certainly with the university administration, it's a, it's a, it's a big focus. Um, how do we think about um, the work that we need to do to progress the university, the state, the nation, and do so in a way that is taking everybody along for the ride. Um, I think that uh, we've really, we've made some strides, but we, we certainly have a lot more work to do in that space. And I'm just, I'm, I'm here for it. And I'm glad that there are people, you know, really out in front of me in order to um, think about how do we tackle that problem. That's really great to hear because it seems like the headlines bring us fresh evidence every day about how important it is and how more issues keep cropping up um, that need to be addressed. So it's really good to hear that um, you're focused that, and the university has a, a long time focus on, on that work. And, and sort of speaking about that, you know, you, you started out by talking about this isn't about talk. This is about action. You know, this is about bringing things um, to to a point where things actually occur. <laughs> um, you know, have you observed any tools or tactics that um, you can share with us that help businesses and organizations 
actually get to the implementation stage for sustainable programs? So I've been, again, um, impressed with a couple of the tools that exist here. And I don't want to suggest that the university's got the solution to every problem, um, but I just do want to share and make available the things that are already in existence as we're trying to figure out where's the white space, because there's certainly lots more to do. <laughs> so um, CES is a partner with um, the Ross School for Business, um, and they come together uh, within the Herb Institute. And so the Herb Institute... Um, is very uh, is a sustainably business minded effort, and um, that is a, a program that has just a ton of influence and a ton of very interested, very smart students um, because of the interdisciplinary nature of what it brings together. Um, one of the efforts that uh, the Herb School has done is this uh, Michigan Sustainable Business Roundtable. And um, I think that just bringing leaders together from industry that are committed um, on their company's behalf of making these goals become reality, I think uh, really carries weight. Uh, because when we come together in whatever the, the circles might be, um, with like-minded individuals who struggle with the same problems, I think we really can get a lot of energy and a lot of potential solutions. So this group, and you can find it uh, on the HERB website, is made up of um, leaders um, from a variety of different industries in Michigan that all had all share commitments um, to these outcomes. And I just I think it's important to state that while we talk about uh, climate as a driver, and particularly um, thinking in the middle of the COP28 summit and you know some of the headlines that we're seeing now, it's top of mind. In many cases, the commitments that these businesses have made. Um, are because of conservation and uh, the economics that they're seeing behind deployment of energy efficiency and renewables. You know, we've been seeing uh, these types of commitments. You know, I used to run the Michigan Energy Innovation Business Council um, and was uh, involved in a variety of different industries across the state that are making these investments because they are the lowest cost way to make these investments. And so certainly, um, Southeast Michigan businesses, West Michigan businesses, um, Northern Michigan businesses, I can think of a bunch just to rattle off at the top of my head, um, that are interested in uh, cutting as much energy use as they possibly can, because it helps their bottom line, and then deploying uh, renewables or procuring renewable energy because it's the cheapest cost alternative right now, um, and because it's meaningful to their customers and clients uh, to demonstrate their own commitment. And so I just want to be clear that when we're seeing industry take these steps, um, obviously people make decisions, companies make decisions for different reasons. Um, but in many cases, the leading reasons that we're seeing industry make these types of investments are because it's the cheapest way to do business. Um, and I think that, that that's pretty powerful. So uh, MBSR, which is uh, within the Herb School, and the Herb School has a variety of tools um, that complement um, and take advantage of the expertise at SEAS, the School for Environment Sustainability, um, and the deep faculty experience that exists here in partnership um, with the type of faculty from, from the Ross School of Business. So I just continue to find um, more and more uh, interesting uh, work that's been happening that um, uh, there are so many efforts at the university to make it tangible, to make them tools that are really um, useful to be put into practice so that we do see action so much faster. <clears throat> yeah, good points, good points. So 
we kind of began our conversation talking about hope and talking about, um, you know, the, the positives, because it's so easy when talking about climate to uh, quickly become discouraged and um, be, be concerned that we're never going to get there. We're never going to get where we need to be. But um, you talked about hope and you were talking about the things that get you excited. So what are some of the things that you're most excited about when you look at the opportunities for advancing sustainability work in the city of Detroit and Southeast Michigan in particular? Well, you know, I got to say one of the ways that I've heard sustainability described is as an ever receding horizon. And I think that that's a really interesting way to think about it. It's something that we're constantly striving for, but um, we're just going to be constantly striving, which, you know, I think can be daunting, but I also think it can be powerful because, um, you know, every day, you know, we get out of bed for a reason and we're, you know, working to move things forward. And um, so I don't know, I also find it a bit motivating. Um, you know, I think that, in my opinion, there are a lot of things to be excited and passionate about. And to me, uh, you know, I really see that we're well positioned uh, to be um, take advantage of the fact that this is a great idea whose time has come. Uh, we are a manufacturing state. We're an industrial state. We're an innovative state. You know, we're a bunch of innovators, whether that be, you know, engineers and, you know, like kind of that educational level of engineers, or it's that type of innovative thinking, you know, in the blue collar workforce that we see, like that is just pure Michigan, if you think about it, you know, I, I will bet on us all the time. And I think that the type of expertise that we've got here is the type that can really solve the remaining problems that we have um, in order to move us to that ever receding horizon. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited about the action and the opportunity that exists. I, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough um, how important the economic opportunity is here. And in fact, there was a study done over the summer that looked at the My Healthy Climate Plan um, and uh, showed that uh, by uh, putting the policies in place in order to create the implementation effort for the My Healthy Climate Plan um, resulted in faster growth of GDP for the state of Michigan um, and higher growth rates uh, for um, workers. So um, more jobs um, for resulting for the state of Michigan. So um, a lot of things coming together that really helps us have that innovative future um, that also lets us leave a better future for our kids and our grandkids, which I know is something we're all committed to. You also started us off by making the really important point that we're nestled in the middle of the Great Lakes, 21% of the world's fresh surface water. It's a very large ecosystem and yet a fragile ecosystem. And we all know that from um, water challenges that we've had across the state. Water's powerful and water is precious. Um, and we know that we need to take these actions in order to protect that ecosystem because we can all think of the things that we want our kids and our grandkids to be able to experience um, in these beautiful two peninsulas. And, you know, we know that we've got to take these steps and that our, um, our work around environmental protection must be held closely in concert with our work around uh, economic development because the two go hand in hand. And so we've got to think about how are we doing it in a smart way 
so that we're creating a future uh, for future generations. And I know that that's something that we all feel passionate about, um, coupled with protection of the Great Lakes. And so, you know, I just, I think we're set up really well uh, to take advantage of this space. What I'm hoping the next step is, is being thoughtful about an expanded workforce and leaning into the areas where um, Michigan has unique ex expertise um, in the manufacturing space that we can grow businesses to employ those workers to do that type of deployment. And so that's something that we at the university are thinking about and working with our friends at MEDC and Leo and um, you know, SEMCOG and other types of um, NGOs that are, that are thinking about this type of work. How do we put those pieces together? And certainly, as I mentioned, uh, the Community Colleges Association, I just think there's so much power and so much work to do along that entire workforce value stream that it's going to take all of us. Um, but what I'm really bullish on is the innovation experience here in Michigan, the innovation expertise and collaborations and partnerships that are necessary in order to move us forward. That's great. That's great. Well, <clears throat> Liesl, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy schedule to join us today. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing to harness and focus the resources at the University of Michigan and the broader community towards these goals. Thank you. Well, thanks, Terry. I was really glad to join you and really appreciated the ask. So love the work that you're doing and hope that there's ways that we can work together in the future too. Count on it. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Sustainable Business Network Detroit, the Green Stream podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow us on sbn-detroit.org and stay tuned for more conversations on sustainability from inside and around the city.